mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Welcome to Panther Puri, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Here are your hosts, Alex Lopez, Jake Langsam, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Panther Puri. I'm your host, Jacob Langsam. Here with me, as always, are my co-hosts, TJ Peterson and Alex Lopez. And joining us today from Florida Hockey Now, our friend George Richards. George, how are you today? I am terrific. How are you doing today? We are doing fantastic. Thank you so much for, for coming on on what must have been uh, a pretty busy day for you, especially uh, at the, uh, from the three to four o'clock hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, that, it, it got hectic fast. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it did. Well, so, so the Panthers had a, not, not as active of, uh, of a week as I think, uh, I think some people hoped. But uh, Borgstrom and Connolly are no longer Panthers. We talked about that on our little emergency pod last week. Mm -hmm. Uh, Brandon Montour is now a Panther. And Sam Bennett is now a Panther. Uh, George, what are your just kind of immediate thoughts about how uh, how the last few days have gone in terms of how the Panthers have upgraded their roster? Well, none of these moves are the the headline grabbers, right? I mean, Sam Bennett in Canada, that that one drew some interest. But I think the other moves, I, I don't think, you know, were the biggest moves of the day. And it reminded me of Bill Zito's first day of free agency. Um, they, you know, nobody else, Florida signed some guys. Okay, good enough. But when you look deeper, man, you see a lot of upside with, with just about every, every move that they made. I mean, the, the only one that the Florida signings that, that really didn't work out was Vinny Henestrosa. Um, you know, and I don't know what kind of chance, you know, he really got what kind of opportunity he got. Uh, he didn't get a whole lot of playing time, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but you know, nobody knew who Carter Verhage was nobody, you know, some people did, but you know, the general folks. Um, and, and I think we see a lot of that here. I think, you know, when you look at some of the guys, they signed a lot of upside change of scenery kind of stuff. They could be, they could be really nice additions to the Panthers. Sure. So I actually think that that's a very interesting kind of mentality almost that Bill Zito may have approached, uh, may have approached the trade deadline with, uh, was it really the same mentality of like that first day of free agency? There wasn't really a whole lot of swinging for the fences. Uh, was that really the mentality here or do, did we try to swing for the fences and just miss? Did someone sway? Like we, we heard all the rumors that, Hey, the Panthers are in on Taylor hall. Uh, did, did, Potentially, you know, yeah. Matthias Eckholm was a name that floated around. So hard. Uh, so, so did the Panthers swing and miss on a few of those or uh, were, I, was that never really a, a conversation in the war room? I, I don't think they swung and miss. I think they, I think this is, you know, the way they operate, they are looking for value. They're looking for why spend. Okay. So Taylor Hall, we know has got an $8 million cap hit, but it's $2 million in real money. Um, why give him $2 million when we can get the, you know, the, the Russian from New Jersey for an eighth of that, you know, uh, and, and maybe get better results. They're going to give him a chance to play with Barkov. He's probably going to get power play time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Gusev, it, it's, you know, I, I think they're just trying to be smarter and, and not swing for the fences per se, just to swing for the fences. I, I think maybe Nick Felino they might've gone for, just because of the, the 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 you know the relationship that they have there, but everyone else, you know, why spend the money? Yeah, and we did forget to mention, of course, that Nikita Gusev, after his buyout from the New Jersey Devils, did sign with the Panthers for a one-year, one million dollar contract. And though you hear the one million dollar contract, which would be above the veteran minimum, 
uh, that you might expect a buyout guy to get, it is prorated. So like you said, it is pretty much at that like $400,000 mark close to an eighth of what Taylor Hall would be getting from the Panthers if they had traded for him. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I was kind of interested in talking about the potential value that they see in a guy like a Sam Bennett or Brandon Montour who have been on bad teams this year. And they, mm-hmm. they simply haven't been around players that have had good seasons. Uh, do you think that there was kind of that mentality from Zito going in there, looking at players that weren't in the right situations and trying to put them in the right situation in South Florida? Perhaps. I mean, I, you know, I, I would think that they probably made a list of those kind of guys and, and, and said, you know, if we can get that for the, for the right price, whatever, you know, I think it was more of, you know, they were just, you know, looking for certain fits and, and what they thought this team needed. And they thought they needed some bottom six grit and, and, and a guy, you know, someone that could score and somebody that's going to somebody that's going to hit you and that kind of thing. And they, they were looking for a top six guy to help out on the power play after the power plays kind of shut down the last couple of weeks. Uh, and they were looking for a guy who could play top four defensive minutes. And, and they just started checking the boxes and, um, you know, when you look at Montour, would they give up a third round pick for him? They knew that the, the, the price tag for Savard was going to be high and it was. Um, so they, they went that, you know, they went to, you know, plan B or whatever, um, the cheaper guy, the, the guy that didn't cost as much to, to you know, in asset. Um, and I think they just kind of worked their way around that. Or the, at least that's how it appears. Yeah. I mean, you talk about Brandon Montour. He's definitely a plan B when you so, so far. But I mean, a first and a third round pick for a pure rental, it's, it's not really something the Panthers should be looking at. And I think the three of us are in agreement that you don't spend a first round pick at the deadline for a rental unless you have a cup window and with Aaron Ekblad's injury that kind of really crushed the Panthers true cup dreams and do do you know if that if that injury to Ekblad kind of played a role in the fact that they kind of went for value rather than swinging big on Taylor Hall no I don't know I don't even know if they really want Taylor Hall honestly I don't I don't know that they really wanted him I mean again they, they you didn't they didn't when you look at the price tag that was paid for him if florida wanted him they could have had him right yeah no problem just like when we talked about during the off season when we saw what uh, dadnoff signed for when we saw what yeah. what uh <laughs> you know if they wanted him they could have had him at that price no problem so uh, I, I i'm just thinking they didn't want him. it wasn't like they got outbid or anything like that because you know the return to buffalo wasn't very good to begin with Yeah, I think that we can have a conversation when it comes to evaluating the deadline activity of Bill Zito and the hockey operations department in Florida Uh, on two angles. We can talk about on one angle, they didn't swing for the fences. They didn't send their first round pick for a rental. And was that the right decision to make and look at so many different factors. And I appreciate a lot of the arguments that are being made on both sides. Of course, I think that when you're a team that hasn't been to the second round of the playoffs in 23 years, you have to imagine that giving your organization the opportunity to do that is going to really set them up for future success when you can get fans in the building on a regular basis and feel confident spending to the cap, knowing that playoff revenue is going to help you offset some of that salary. That being said, like Alex brought up, and I think this is a really great point with Aaron Eckblad out for the year, the Panthers chances of advancing in the playoffs, especially in this division, I don't think could have been really helped very much by getting anybody at the deadline, unless they went out and got, you know, Taylor Hall and David Savard and Nick Felino, which, you know, that would have cost. And maybe also Matias at home. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> you get a well, whole ended up team. not getting traded. If you get a whole new team, maybe you got a good shot against Carolina, who's looking like one of the five best teams in the league or Tampa Bay, who is oh, just the Stanley cup champions. And who they're going to get Kucherov back also. Don't forget. It. And they're yeah. getting Kuch. Right. Right. Tampa's Tamp- so, the best team in the league without their best player. It's insane. <laughs> Yeah, so I just I mean, want to avoid Tampa at all costs and, and 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 roll the dice with whoever else you got. But right, um, yeah, and then and then we'll see. I mean, and you might, you know, who knows if they win a round or two, you know, Ekblad might be back. So, yeah, I mean, that's the hope is that you can. Do win you a believe round in or two. miracles? Yes. 
I mean, yeah, it, and it, it wouldn't necessarily even be a miracle if the Panthers were to win the, a first round series, probably against the Hurricanes. I mean, the Lightning, that would be pretty surprising. But um, I think that Tevu Teravainen is going to be out for an extended period of time. So that is one absence to note going Listen, into. We, we see the struggles the Panthers have with Carolina, and I get it. They've only beaten yeah. them one time, and that was in overtime. Um, but the playoffs are a whole different animal. You don't want to play Tampa Bay. I would, right. you know, <laughs> if I'm the Panthers, I, I, I take my chances with Carolina. Yeah, I mean, and that's, I mean, I know Carolina is currently at the top of the division, but. The almost certain first round matchup is going to be Panthers versus uh, Carolina with Carolina taking the two seed and Panthers taking the three. Um, as we talk about that, let's, let's kind of go around the division and talk about the, you know, Carolina, Carolina added today, right? Sorry. No, I had a deposition. They, they, they subtracted. They subtracted. Yeah, they they traded Hayden Flurry. Flurry. <laughs> okay. Well, Tampa added. And how does that, how does that change the outlook of uh, what's going to happen in this off season? I'm sorry. This, uh, end of the season for the Panthers. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if anything changes. I mean, I think Tampa's Tampa, right? I mean, they just want to get to the playoffs. Um, you know, they're the defending cup champs. They've been in, you know, they've been in this position for what the last five or six years now. So, yeah. um, you know, they're on a whole different plane, I think, and whatever they do, they're going, they got one goal in mind and realistically it is the Stanley cup. I think, you know, when you look at everybody else, you know, it's still a, well, we play for Stanley cups here. Well, no, they really do. Tampa Bay yeah. really does. And, and, and everybody else is just saying that. Um, but you have to start somewhere, you know, in, in 2009, you know, when, when the Chicago Blackhawks were talking about the Stanley cup, I don't know how many people in Chicago really took them all that seriously. So, you know, because you, you've got to do it or at least compete for it before you can, you know, people start, thinking that way and i think florida you know win a playoff series first and then we'll talk but as far as tampa bay goes they've got one goal in mind they're going for it we always we know they're always going for it they should um you know until that pipeline runs dry and it doesn't look like it's coming anytime soon and it's amazing it seems like tampa always trades away their first round pick every deadline yet somehow they still have a first to give i Well, Detroit did that for how many years? I mean, how many right. how many times did Detroit, you know, trade all their their draft picks, and then they'd have ten guys injured, and then their 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 you know Grand Rapids team was was killing it, you know. So who knows? I mean, it's just good development. It's good, you know, smart people drafting, you know, getting guys in the fourth, fifth, sixth round. Look, George, if, if you're implying that that means that Tampa is is going to be one of the worst teams in the league uh, a few years from now, uh, I'm all for it. Yeah, hey, it took it took twenty years. It took twenty years for Detroit to get to where they are now. That's true. I say a few years from now, we're two decades away from Tampa meeting yeah, Detroit's so, record. You know, they just kept replenishing, and and you you thought that that, that Detroit's run was going to end, and it lasted another ten years. So you know, we'll see. I mean, who knows? But yeah. anything can happen. But Tampa Bay is a well-run organization. They've got great ownership. They've got great management. They just seem to do everything right, and. You know, and they probably, you know, should have another cup or two, you know, they've, and then they've already got two. So, you know, God bless them. I think that it's an excellent point that Tampa Bay is not really all that worried about the regular season. And this is me super duper playing armchair psychologist, not even (laughs) on QB. But if you're a team that just won the Stanley Cup, how worried are you about seeding really? So we, we say, you know, oh, it's probably going to be Carolina. And I actually have been saying, you know, it, for this implication in the Carolina matchup, the inevitable Carolina matchup, it's it's not necessarily inevitable because Tampa Bay is not necessarily going to be pushing all their chips in to get to number one in the division. They're, and they they're may not even be playing all their guys. Yeah. Right. What are they? What, yeah. Florida, Carolina want to be number one in the division for obvious reasons. Yeah. Tampa Bay, yeah, whatever. I mean, they I, want to win I, every game, but it's not pivotal, right? But I think everyone kind of wants to win the division just because the gap between the two and three, the, the two and three series is going to be a battle regardless of which two teams it is. You know, whether it's Nashville or Chicago or Dallas, like, are you really that worried about losing to one of those teams in a seven game series? I don't here, think so. And here's another difference weekend? real quick with Tampa Bay and Florida. Just if Florida wins the Central. 
there's going to be a central division banner, right? True. In Tampa yeah. Bay, they just add a number to, to one of their, you know, they have one banner that says division champs and they just keep adding the years to it. So See, George, exactly. now I want the Panthers to win the division, not because it would be great for us to win the division, but because I want a banner that says central division champs. For decorations to go with the Atlantic <laughs> Southeast. Just, right. Yeah. Just because it would be so funny. Yeah, yeah, central like, division champion Florida like how Panthers. winnipeg also almost won that the southeast in the one yeah. year they were in the division <laughs> right. um, the thrashers but, yeah but yeah speaking of that thrashers not a lot of activity today at the deadline no um, yeah. again were quiet too I, I love I love that Twitter account from the old Thrashers Twitter, like right at three oh five, where he tweets out, "The Thrashers are done for the day, guys." It's, it's such <laughs> it a great ghost old. account. Um, <laughs> but George, I, I mean, we're kind of talking about the the division and the way it's playing out in terms of injuries for the Panthers and games remaining. They're they're kind of settled into that three seed. Maybe they get the two seed. Do you see a lot of experimenting coming up with a lineup? Like you've already mentioned, Nikita Gusev is going to get a chance to play with Barkov. Do you see a lot of experimenting happening to see if uh, Q can find some combinations that are going to work in the playoffs? Because right now things, especially on the offensive side, seem kind of stagnant over the last uh, week or so. Yeah, I think so. I, I think he's going to try some things. I think you're going to see some players come in because, yeah, you're not, you don't have to win every game. Um you're not trying to get into the playoffs like a Nashville or a Dallas is, you know what I mean? Um, I, I, they do want to win every game. They'd love to go 14 and 0 and win the central and get that banner um, that everyone's been craving. But, you know, I, I think we're going to see Spencer Knight get a couple games in net, um, even though we wouldn't see him necessarily in the playoffs. Um, they're going to try all kinds of things. I think they're going to try the kid, you know, the, the defense that uh, Carlson from Chicago will probably get to see some time. Um, Walmart, we know will probably play some games. So um, if I'm Q, yeah, I try some stuff out. I mean, you know, you know, some of the stuff that we're, and then maybe, you know, everything, you put everything back together the way it was and it feels fresh again. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, One player that notably did not move at the deadline was Panthers goalie Chris Drieger, mm -hmm. who had been very high on some of these trade boards that TSN and the likes will put up every trade deadline. The trade bait boards, I think, is what they call theirs. Um, do you think it ever became realistic that Drieger would be moved or from the beginning that was just media speculation? That was complete media speculation as far as I can <laughs> tell. I mean, why would you trade him? Unless somebody blew you away, why would you trade him? I mean, because he's not only just an insurance policy, but but look at the way that the, the, the NHL playoffs were last year when you had, you know, you've got elimination games back to back. You've got, you know, you had Dallas that didn't have a goalie and they had to play Tampa the next day in the Stanley Cup finals. I mean, it was it was a, it was a mess. And, and here you've got in Florida, you got two starting goalies. What, I mean, what, I think that what would you the, get? Well, uh, unless you were getting a player that you really wanted, right? Yeah. Why would you trade Dreams? I mean, yeah, I, I, I think that is I can exactly see both sides, the, yeah. right. Like the 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 reason I think uh, the answer to that question, George, is it's possible that he's at the peak of his value right now. So if you want to get something out of him, now's the time to do it. But on the other hand, he's playing great for you, and you're yeah. comfortably in a playoff spot, and you need two goalies. So right. I, I just didn't doing? think there, unless you're getting a first round pick and a player right. that you think is going to help you out which I don't think anybody would even offer that, but they would have no. to listen to that. Yeah. You needed a, a, a playoff team to have a starting goalie go down for the year in the past couple of days for maybe something like someone, that. Sure. Someone to get desperate on Drieger, but that's not what, um, what really happened. Um, real it, quick. Oh, sorry. Go for it. I, I mean, it did kind of happen with Toronto and I guess that, they, they probably would have gone with Riddick over Drieger just because of the sample size, I would guess. But, you know, the, the situation did kind of present itself for there to be a, you know, you could justify trading Drieger because Spencer Knight is coming in. He could be the backup in the regular season. And if he isn't ready for whatever reason, Sam Montembeau has been pretty good this year in the AHL. He probably would be at least okay as a backup. And ultimately, if, if uh, Sergei Bobrovsky is healthy, he's probably going to start every playoff game, even the back-to-back -back ones like he did in the bubble. So, you know, if that's what you're going to be doing with Drieger, why not just send him somewhere? Uh, but he's been playing very, very well. I've argued that he could be a fringe Vesna candidate, which I don't ultimately think he will be. But based on the numbers, there's a way that he could get himself into the conversation if he continues the, the play that he's at. So 
Panthers decide to keep him around just for some extra insurance and uh, to rest Bob down the stretch, you really can't complain about it. No. And again, we don't know what was offered, if anything was offered, because I think it was, I think people in the NHL knew that, you know, they, they were, there were probably some people kicking the tires on him, but, but I don't think anything seriously ever came of it. And, and again, and, and when I speculated that perhaps, you know, these rumors might be true because we didn't know what the Panthers goalie brain trust think of Spencer Knight. Maybe they think Spencer Knight's ready to play right now, but you know, if you get, if Bob goes down, do you want to turn it over to a 20 year old goalie? Maybe they thought, yeah, he could handle it. I don't know, but apparently, you know, that wasn't the case. So anywho. So on the flip side of, uh, of whether or not there were any calls on Drieger that uh, Bill Zito might've laughed and hung up the phone. Uh, were there any players that the Panthers called on that you're aware of that, uh, that anyone they were interested in, any targets they had that uh, nothing really, nothing really came of it. Um, well, I think they called about a bunch of different players. Some got traded, some that weren't even on the market. I think that, you know, Florida, you know, is always looking ahead. I think when you look, I'm sure they talked to Detroit, uh, about Mantha, um, when you look at that trade, that was a that was a future trade. I mean, those are guys with term and stuff like that. That was a very good hockey trade. Those weren't you know UFAs. Those weren't rentals being moved. Um, I, I'm sure he would have had interest in something like that. But um, you know, he's been on the phone for the last month. You know, talking up different things. So um, you know, it, it'd be a long list of what players he asked about. You know, all right. George, we, you and I have talked about Henrik Borgstrom a lot. His Panther tenure is now finally over. Yeah. Um, what do, one, what do you think went wrong? And two, since now he's, he's gone and we know what the return was, he's been the subject of a bunch of trade rumors where the Panther, you know, Dale Talon was swinging big and Borgstrom was the guy he just couldn't let go of. Sure. Can you talk about some of those trades that, you know, the Panthers kind of missed out on because they wouldn't trade Borgstrom? Well, he would have been the centerpiece to a number of trades, right? I mean, Borgstrom was the guy everybody in the NHL wanted, and now he's a throw-in on a, on a salary bill. I mean, that's how far it fell. And, you know, I don't know. I, I can't remember specific deals, but but every deal with the Panthers, you know, surrounded Henrik Borgstrom. And, you know, and we talked about it earlier in the year. It looks like, you know, whatever deal you make that, Borgstrom's going to be a throw-in because somebody else is going to be the is going to be the centerpiece and you know to dump Brett Connolly's salary you had to deal something and it turned out to be Borgstrom Chicago thinks that they're going to get him back on track um I hope so because I like Borgie I think he's a great guy I think he's you know we see the talent yeah it, you know you just watch the YouTube videos the guy can you know can handle a hockey stick um it just you know I, I think last year Going into last year, I had him, I think I wrote for The Athletic, my, you know, my my breakout star of the year was going to be Borgstrom, and it lasted all of four games. And He did not hit it off with Q. No, and but the Panthers were only sending him away for a week, you know, for a week or two, maybe a month, um, you know, just to get his game. He needed to go to, he needed to go to Springfield and become the man. And instead he went and pouted and he hated playing in the minor leagues and he never thought he was going back to the minor leagues and he did nothing. And he, he soured everybody in the organization. Um, Zito comes in, knows the agent very well. um, You know, thinks, you know, says, or at least told me that the, the relationship with, with Borgstrom and the Panthers now that he's in charge is fine. I don't know what it was, but you know, it ends up he's he's a throw in, but you save three and a half million dollars on Brett Connolly, so there you go. It's interesting that you note that because I remember Elliot Friedman saying in the latest Thirty One Thoughts podcast that he did think that Borgstrom was intent on not returning to the Florida organization. Perhaps that's something that he heard before Bill Zito became the general manager. Yeah, that was before I think Zito. It's worth, yeah. Yeah. Although that that podcast was this week. I just wanted to make sure that I, well, uh, I mean, and, and maybe, maybe that's the case, but he, you know, it sounded like he'd soured on the Panthers. He went to, he went home to Helsinki um, during the pandemic and, you know, we know he signed 
and, and played in, in Finland. It's the first time the guy's played in, in his homeland since, you know, before leaving for, for the University of Denver. So good for him. Um, but I think he just felt, you know, a little betrayed by the Panthers. And the Panthers are like, dude, if you would have played better, you would have played. <laughs> it, it's that simple. Yeah, it seems like Borgstrom needed to look in the mirror and just didn't want to do it. And uh, George, I know you got to go. You got a baseball game to cover. But I, but you, but before you joined us, I know you had a quick conversation with new Florida Panthers Sam Bennett. Any yes. uh, little sneak preview you want to give us to tease the fans as uh, as we wait for your article to come out tomorrow? Well, um, I'm I'm probably not even writing about Bennett tomorrow because I I figured we kind of covered it. I'll do him later because we're not going to see him for a while. I don't think. I mean, between he's you know with with the COVID stuff and. And who knows system. how he's going to get here? I, I I don't know, but who knows? I mean, you know, Mackenzie Weger got on a private jet and flew right into Fort Lauderdale, and that was that. So so maybe it's something that easy. He's just got to get on a, you know, on one of Uncle Vinny's jets and and, and come south, and he'll be okay. Um, but you know, he seems to be itching to you know get going here. I think he had an up and down career in in, in Calgary. He was the fourth overall pick. Um, he's another guy, you know, that, that has something to prove. I mean, you know, his career didn't go the way they thought it would in Calgary. Um, he's, you know, been a third, fourth liner, but he could play top line minutes. He won't hear probably. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. And he's RFA. There was already talk that Seattle would target him if he stayed in Calgary. Um, so, you know, We'll, we'll see what happens there. Maybe he's one of the guys that gets plucked from the expansion draft, leaving one of your defensemen. We'll have to see. Yeah, I mean, as much as it would suck to lose a guy you paid a second-round pick and a former second-round pick that's having a good year in Europe, I think unless Sam Bennett just absolutely tears it up the last eight games, uh, Panthers fans would be fine losing Sam Bennett instead of someone like Gustav Forsling or Radko Gudis. Yeah. But, George, thank you so much for your time. Make sure you're checking out his stuff at Florida Hockey Now or at George Richards on uh, on Twitter. He but is preferably at FloridaPantHockeyNow.com. Yeah, if you're, yeah if, you're not, if you're not subscribing for – it's just $30 a year or $2 a month. If you're not subscribing to Florida Hockey Now, like what are you doing? What are you George doing? Is, well, yeah, you're, you are our only yeah. you know, I mean, you know, well, full-time beat writer. True. If you're listening to this podcast and you're not subscribed to Florida Hockey Now, you're wasting your time listening to us. Who right? are you? What are you doing? Well, it, yeah, <laughs> and also, like, how is that possible? Like, what? What? You are in the exact demographic of Florida, right? Hockey. No, you're no kidding right. about that. No, thank you guys. No, I appreciate the kind but, words. And but you are our only source of, or third party source that's full time with the Panthers. And if we don't support you, we're going to lose you. So, I mean, I, I say it sternly, but like everyone needs to support you. If you're listening to us, George is absolutely who you should be supporting with your money. We don't ever ask you for money. Our content is free. This is your life. For now. For now, but this is your livelihood. <laughs> we now. hope you, uh, we hope that they support you. Look, uh, I appreciate it, fellas. I appreciate the bank account is The bank account is in dire straits after you sponsored the Central Division. So you need to get some of that. <laughs> the Florida, Florida Hockey Now Central, Central Division. Division. Hey, go. people are using it. People are using it on social media. I'm yeah, I, don't, I, I don't know one. if you yeah, caught that, that on was... Twitter, George, but it's catching on. It is. <laughs> got to call it something. I was actually going to. I was actually going to buy the rights to Fox Sports Florida, but I got beat out. So, ah, uh, well, you would have done a better job with the graphics. I'm sure. I think so. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting used to them. They're well. They're, you know what? They're better for baseball. And you guys know that the one right. thing everybody's complaining about is the ticker, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. I, I just don't get it's why really it's not good. That's... Because that's going to be gambling information down the road. Okay, but give me actual gambling information. I, well, I like the gambling to be floating. What's right with that gray bar on the very bottom? So you're going to have like live touts and stuff. It, it'll be interesting. But I would right love now, that. I would love that. Give me live lines. Give me odds for future games. Give me that. But like. This is 2021. I can look down at my phone, pull up the ESPN app, and know the score of every game in the world going on in less than 30 seconds. I'm not going to sit watching the bottom line while I'm watching hockey for a score. Just just get rid of the ticker and get me live odds, and I'll be happy. Yeah, also, I get me agree. legalized sports betting in Florida, but, you know. Well, that's legalize it, baby. Let's do it. George, thank you so much. Uh, once again, FloridaHockeyNow.com is $30 a year. Just Just spend the money. That's one coffee a week for a month and you've paid and you've paid George George's subscription fee and kept a valuable beat writer in South Florida. 
All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, Be George. Safe, guys. Thank George. you, George. Please, please wear your masks. There you go. And get Parting your vaccine. Parting wisdom. Everybody. I've already got one. George, have you gotten both of your vaccines? I'm going for my second next week. Nice. I got my second coming up this week. I'm already already done. I'm fully immunized and everything. Uh, Oh, look at Alex. Fancy man over here. This is what happens when you have a failing shots. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. New Father with his two shots. As, uh, you, you can as, have my kidney problems, and I'll take your your one shot. Like we can trade right now. Yeah, I've been getting that next week. We're good. I thought as you were it, about to offer up your kid. I'm glad there was a second syllable there. Throwing <laughs> a second round pick, we'll talk about it. There you go. All see right, you, boys. George, thank you thank so you, much George. for your time. All right, see you guys. Bye. All right, once again, thank you to George Richards for joining us. As always, he was fantastic. Gave us a lot of good info. Um. Is there anything we want to talk about, the three of us, before we uh, wrap this episode up? Uh, Yeah, I mean, we didn't want to do it in George's face because it's sort of an awkward look for him to have to, you know, deadpan look at look at us and remark when when we're talking about things that we don't don't think the Panthers did well. And um, ultimately, my value judgment in here is that the the evaluation of the players involved for the Panthers was pretty poor. I'll go move by move my thoughts and uh, actually, no, why don't we start with one individual move? What do you guys want to start with? I'll just start with Montour. Montour. Okay. Uh, So Panthers give up a third round pick for a guy that has been one of the worst players on the worst team in the league and one of the worst teams in the cap era. Yeah. I mean, seeing what other guys have gone for at this deadline, you know, Mike Riley gets a third in a future draft. Maybe that's actually a little bit more, but you, you generally tend to think that a, a future pick is basically worth one round less than the current pick. So that seems like it was cheaper. You had uh, a number of guys go for a fourth. We saw some guys go to today for a fifth and a sixth. I thought Montour wasn't going to get traded. I thought that there was nobody that would want him. I thought that he was a guy that after not almost not getting qualified in the off season was basically just going to end up being a casualty of Buffalo, you know, getting everything wrong in the off season and having a, a, tor- a terrible season. And this is a guy that based on the, you know, season that they've had and the underlying numbers, which everybody likes to demonize because, you know, you can't understand the full context of them. If you don't watch every game, we don't have time to do that. But I mean, they're so poor that you have to think, well, there's some basis to this. So look, I could give you all the platitudes about, well, maybe the context wasn't right with him in Buffalo. Maybe a new change of scenery is going to make him a good player. I could say that about any of the guys that the Panthers acquired, whether or not I like the move, whether or not I like the risk, but if you just look at everything involved in this trade, I just can't understand why you would put that evaluation on the guy. I just don't understand. Yeah. It's, it's a puzzling acquisition, especially when Victor Mete, who's 20 something, 21, 22 years old goes on waivers and could have been had for a seventh round pick. I'm not sure that's a fair comparison to be honest. Okay, they're, but I'm they're just, totally different situations. It's like Victor Mete was never reaching us on waivers. But he traded that the Panthers well, could have traded for him. Yeah, That's he, true. he's he's been available. Like that would have been a better acquisition. Um, the problem with Montour is it doesn't matter whether it was the Sabers or when he was with the Ducks, his numbers have always been bad. That's not true. Okay. Well, then however, really good in the seventeen eighteen season, uh, his last full season with Anaheim. Okay. Yeah. That the was, thing is, that, that was three, three years ago. Yeah. yeah. the The issue is the Panthers traded a third round pick, which you know is not very valuable. The odds of getting an NHL out of a third round pick are like five percent. But you gave up a fairly valuable asset, especially in this super buyers market, and you got someone you're hoping. Uh, plays better than both his underlying and counting numbers have been for the last two years. Right. Like that's, I'll, I'll say about Brandon Montour, the same thing that I said about Radko Gudis. If we get Anaheim Brandon Montour, that's worth a third round pick. Just yeah. like I was saying, if we get Philadelphia Radko Gudis, it's a worthwhile signing. We lucked out. We got Philadelphia Gudis. 
and and not Washington Gudis. Washington yeah. Gudis was terrible. Montour's um, been in Buffalo longer than Gudis was in Washington, though. So I I don't know if we if we get Anaheim Montour out of this trade for for the last fifteen games of the regular season, fine. Yeah. I get like whatever that maybe that helps us in in the first round a little bit. Maybe maybe maybe, but. Odds aren't great that we're getting that 17-18 Montour out of this. Yeah, yeah. caveat that $7.5 million against the cap over three years is probably a larger cost than a third-round pick, in my opinion. That being said, Gudis, I don't think, was as bad that one year in Washington Right. That's that Montour has been for, for a longer years. period of time. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I mean— Gudis like was never said, as bad in Washington as Montour has been in Buffalo. Yeah, it, and it I, was a I'm, big swing, basically. It's yeah. it's not that I don't believe in all of the platitudes that I we would normally lead off a segment like this. Like, you know, maybe the change of scenery will make everything work. We're not going to write him off until we actually see him play. But I mean, it's, it's all been said before, and we're not the GMs. We're not professional pundits. We're just a few guys that like to talk about hockey and. Hopefully we know a thing or two because we try to know what we can. We try to research this. We try to, you know, absorb all the data that we can to understand what might work and what might not. And not to pat ourselves on the back too much, but you remember when George was saying nobody thought Carter Verhage was, I don't remember exactly what he said. We were all looking at each other like, uh, yeah, some, some people did. Yeah. And uh, well, we didn't think he'd be this good, but we had a feeling Carter Verhage was going to, turn some yeah. heads and be a good value signing and, and he has been yeah i haven't but, pimped it out a lot but i do have a tweet out there that was before before the panthers you really should be him. retweeting that like every day every goal just for hagey parentheses the next march or so and you know what i think that might not even be fair to he's Verhege better than because he's better <laughs> he's just he's been better than march so was his only year in florida he's been better than march so was his first year in vegas been better than March or so is this year like he's been, he's been a top five even strength player in the NHL but let's we've we've, we've fellatioed uh Verhage enough times let's move on to Nick impossible so, I mean... <laughs> so yeah like like I tweeted this one is an interesting one because the opportunity cost is not they didn't give up anything to sign him the real money is basically nothing and if they decide you know if they can evaluate what he brings and it's nothing then realistically, this isn't going to hurt them very much if it right. doesn't work. That being said, Nikita Gusev was awful this season. He's got five points in 20 games and some of the worst defensive metrics in the league. So that's that's something that you understand why that player was bought out in the middle of the season, which is extremely rare in the National Hockey League. Yeah, that, this was basically a just please go away. Don't even be part of our organization. And as a make good more for the agent than Gusev, we're going to terminate your contract now. uh, So you can go find a new home. He's been awful, but the reality is two years ago, he was one of the most sought after trade candidates in the NHL. Um, The highlights are also last, his, his, he wasn't good. He wasn't. He he hasn't really been good at all back in the no. NHL. Like no, he, he hasn't he been hasn't. good in the NHL. Period. But I'm just saying the talent is there, and the fact that you've got him literally for free, yeah, is great. I mean, the fact that the Panthers are basically locked into the second or third seed. Uh, yeah, we, we talked about it with George. They can experiment. He's going to get some time on the on on the power play. He's going to get some time with Barkov and to see if that works. And we'll, they'll move him up and down the lineup and see if there's a fit. Yeah for Nikita Gusev that doesn't hurt the team overall, because again, they're pretty much locked into the, the, the second or third seed. So if it works, you just got a top six player for $250,000. If it doesn't, you wave him, put him on the taxi squad and tell him, thanks for coming, but you can, you can just stay home the rest of the season. We'll send you a check. Right. Like, it's Look, it's like, no it, Like George said, he'll get a shot with Verhage and Barkov. If you want to take a sol- a decent offensive player and eliminate his defensive liabilities, you put him with Verhage and Barkov. Like, yeah, that'll work. He's a good Gusev's a good shooter. 
Yeah. Yeah. A, line, a top line of Verhage, Barkov, Gusev, like really genuinely could work. And that also gives you the freedom to put Duclair, a very good play driver who just hasn't gotten the opportunity to be the, well, not the opportunity, but he hasn't been, he hasn't been getting on the score sheet as much as his underlying numbers would suggest he should be. That pushes him down to the second line. And now all of a sudden your top six is Verhage, Barkov, Gusev, Huberto, Wenberg, Duclair. That's yeah. looking a little bit better. If there's a spot that made sense for him to turn his career around, this is a, absolutely it. And right, like Dadanov. Like, and he he's more of a pure playmaker. Of, he is a good shooter. I'm not trying to. Dispute yeah, what I'm you're not saying. saying he's a sniper, but yeah, he he's is a good shooter. He is he is an an NHL top six level playmaker. I I think even in his worst seasons, in his worst moments, because it's only been two seasons really, he's been an NHL top six level. Right. playmaker and he, he he was actually pretty solid last season he had over 40 points in the shortened season which is nothing to you know, on a really bad new jersey Devils it's not it's on a really score. bad team yeah. he's really sheltered a lot of that is power play a lot of that is offensive zone starts right and but that's the other thing he's going to be an asset to our power play with, yeah especially with Ekblad out of the lineup yeah this I, was a no risk high ceiling it's high ceiling, low floor, but it cost you nothing. Nothing. Right. That's the have, big thing about the Gusev move. You got it have him been, for nothing. Would it have been better if Taylor Hall was also coming in and joining the lineup, and now you've got two top six players you're adding, and you all you paid was a second-round pick? Yeah. I think the tone of this entire podcast would be better if the Sam Bennett trade was the Taylor Hall trade for the exact same assets. Yeah. And let's let's move into that. Let's talk uh, about Sam Well, Bennett. no, I, I, I just Wait, have one is. other thing about the Gusev move. Um in kind of piggybacking off my own point about pushing Duclair down a line, the reason I'm so excited about that is because that second line has lacked one extremely important thing all year. We've all complained about how the Wenberg line has been performing all season. The one thing they've lacked that you want your top, a top six, uh, your top six lines to have is a shooter. Yeah. No one on that line is a shooter. And now all of a sudden you might be able to stick Duclair in there. With Huberto yeah. and Wenberg setting him up, here come the goals for Duclair. Yeah. Like, and this I, is his shot. And we don't know if Q is actually intent on trying this. But True. in theory, it looks like it could work. In theory, we could end up with a very good top six out of this. Yeah. Yeah. Just and, out of signing Gusev for nothing. Yeah, and now it you have Vetrano solve, and like, Hornquist yeah. together, which also fits because... Vetrano, as we've talked a bunch of times, is a walking shot on goal. Right. And, and then you have Hornquist to clean in up. In front of the goal. <laughs> right. Perfect. And then, and... honestly, this is how we can transition into Sam Bennett. Then you stick Sam Bennett on the fourth line, which also might actually work out. <laughs> uh... No. See, TJ, we overpaid for Sam Bennett. Yeah, Absolutely. let's talk about Sam Bennett. We indisputably overpaid for Sam Bennett. But he's actually not that bad Rapham doesn't like him very much but he's a positive goals above replacement player his hockey viz charts are actually decent they're not great but they're decent he's another kind of player and i i kind of uh foreshadowed this with with gusev he's another kind of player where if you can put him with players who can cover up his defensive shortcomings you might actually be able to make something out of sam bennett we overpaid for him absolutely but that doesn't mean this isn't going to work. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be the bet, right? Like there, right. there's, you look at the totality of his career and you see where he was selected and you think to yourself, well, this is just Michael Dow Cole. Would anybody pay a second <laughs> round pick for, I mean, I, I was trying to think to myself, why is the perception of Sam Bennett so different from Michael Dow Cole? And I don't think that Michael Dow Cole I don't think that Malcolm, Michael Dalcol is terrible. And, you know, I'm, people may have seen some of my reactions to this, you know, the insinuations that I made about Sam Bennett. Ultimately, I view him as a replacement level player. And I, I could be wrong. I, I could be wrong, but that's what the metrics suggest. And I see him, you know, year after year, ever after his first year in the league where he actually did have a pretty decent season. He's been a guy that's got getting you somewhere in the 25 to 30 point range in third line, fourth line minutes. He doesn't play defense. 
he's not particularly strong on the power play. And like I said, no defense. So he's not a penalty killer. This is, I, I don't think it's just a Bill Zito issue here because I think that there is just an over, like this, the perception of this player has and will continue to be for some reason, just completely overinflated. Absolutely. I, yeah. I think people value him more than he should be valued. But fact is, he will help our bottom six offense. That's what he's been. He's a bottom six offensive play driver. He doesn't help you defensively. He'll take penalties, which isn't great. But yeah. he, his offensive play driving numbers actually are pretty decent. And if he helps our bottom six be better, fine, whatever. Yeah, the, the issue with Sam Bennett is that he's getting a reputation for. Well, he was a former top. Four, he was a for, former fourth overall right. pick. That's he's what 20, it really is. He's twenty four years old. There's there's still some development there, and maybe we can unlock it. But the reality is, he's probably a bottom six player for the Panthers. He's going to be a bottom six player for the Panthers. Yeah, could lightning yeah. catch lightning in a bottle and get a you know a second line caliber player because you know he does have that potential of being a former fourth overall pick. It's possible, but it's almost it's extremely unlikely, and he shouldn't be valued as a former fourth overall pick. I mean, and that's kind of what the Panthers traded for. They pay, they traded for a former fourth overall pick who needs a change of scenery, rather than a bottom sixer. I mean, if, if Sam Bennett's you know draft pedigree was former fourth round pick who's scrapped around a bit in the NHL, he would have gotten a third round pick at the deadline. But the Panthers paid for draft pedigree. And that's, I think, the mistake they, uh, the mistake Bill Zito made. Right. I mentioned it before. If the, if the exact same return, Heineman and a 2022 second for Taylor Hall was the trade, we'd all be – it would be a much more upbeat podcast. They paid too much for Sam Bennett. I agree with Jacob that I think he can help the team if it had been like Nikita Kusev, a free, you know, a free acquisition or a sixth-round pick. It's like, all right, yeah, you've got – you've bolstered the bottom six of the lineup. The bottom six needed to be bolstered. I mean, we would have preferred it being from the top down, but if you look at Bill Zito's comments, you look at the comments we've been told, like the bottom six is banged up. There's guys in the training room every day. And I bet my life that he's talking about Nola Chari, where the bottom six is banged up and they needed a fresh, healthy body. Well, I don't know how fresh Sam Bennett is, but they needed someone with more health than what they currently have. And Sam Bennett was the guy they went and overpaid and got. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're listening to these descriptors that we're giving for Sam Bennett. Bottom six, body, can play, basically, guy. Those guys are cheap. Those guys are so right. easy to get. Not only are you giving up two very valuable assets, two assets that arguably are better than the assets that the Sabres received for Taylor Hall. You're getting a guy that you could have gotten for free in the off season, you know, and I, I'm not saying him, I'm saying a comparable player. Yeah. You could have gotten them for free for a lower salary. Yeah. Sam Bennett's qualifying offer in the off season is the same as his current salary, which is 2.55 million. And for what we're talking about that, he's not a $2.55 million player. No, he is not. I don't think he's an NHL player, frankly. Look, he is. He, he is a bottom six NHL player, but he if is. You, if NHL you look player. at the number of players in the NHL, and you, if you ask me to say, is Sam Bennett within that number in terms of his hockey ability? Is he the, you know, within the, let's say it's 600, just for the sake of saying it. Is he one of the 600 best hockey players in the world? Yes. Is he good enough that it's worth playing him over somebody like an Itu Lustaranen, over a, Owen Tippett, if he's playing wing, you know, some other guy, Nikita Gusev, maybe the guy you got for free. Is he good enough that he's worth the lineup spot over somebody that has something to prove? I, I, I don't have anything to follow that. Yeah. The, that, the, the end that statement. The but other no, thing the answer about, is no. The answer yeah. is no. The, the other thing about Sam Bennett is I just, I'm having a hard time seeing a world uh, unless we start having some injury problems. I have, I have a hard time seeing a world in which Sam Bennett is not a rotation in the lineup. I don't think he's a mainstay in the lineup. I think sure. he's going to rotate with like Lomberg and Walmart and Marchman. Like 
Well, actually, Marchman might have earned. You say uh, that, but do you give up a second round pick and a former no, second round pick for a rotation? TJ, player. that's exactly my point. Right, Every, he's a rotation player, and you don't give up what you gave up for Sam Bennett for a rotation player. But the the thing is that that suggests that they view him as something more than that. That suggests that they're going I hope to so. unbe- undoubtedly protect him in the expansion draft. No. You give up two no, second no, 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 rounds no, 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 for no. somebody. I wouldn't go that far. No. Oh, there's no way they don't intend on doing that. I they mean, gave up a second and a former player, a player formerly selected value, in the second round. Then pick. essentially what you're saying is that you think they value Sam Bennett over like Gustav Forsling, assuming they can't get Yandel to wave. I mean, why would they do that? If let's, they think that he could potentially be lost to Seattle. Let, let's save the expansion talk for expansion draft time. Guys, let, let's, let's, let's get final thoughts on the deadline and uh, we'll go for TJ. You want to lead us off? I don't think that I should, but if you want me to, um, here's what I would say about it. Look, I, TJ, it's like I was saying to George. Like Sam Bennett. It's like I was saying to George, there's the two ways that you can evaluate what the Panthers did at the deadline. One, am I happy, unhappy that they didn't take a big swing? I'm not unhappy. I think it wasn't the right time. Ekblad's not going to be in the lineup for the first rounds. They're going to be pretty big underdogs. That doesn't mean they can't win, but they're, they're going to be big underdogs. And they would have been big underdogs with Taylor Hall. But yeah. it would have given them a bit a better chance for sure. So I would have understood it. It's not like I'm saying I didn't want them to trade for Taylor Hall. Now, that being said, I think the evaluations that they made on the players that they traded for was just heinously off, egregiously off. Like I, I, I think Brandon Montour is one of the and, and Sam Bennett for that record for the record would be in the top five players I wanted them to avoid, you know, two <laughs> days ago. It like really, I, I really didn't want them to trade for Sam Bennett. Like I, I said, I think to somebody when we were talking about it, that I think he's worse than Brett Connolly, who I'm glad they dumped with Henrik Borgstrom. Like I, I didn't want him on this team anymore. Like just because of the contract. So yeah, like it was pretty bad in terms of the player evaluation. What you got Jacob? This was not the year for the Panthers to go full tilt on pure rentals. Um, you should really only do that if you if you truly think that you have a legitimate shot at a deep cup run. And the Panthers, especially without Aaron Ekblad, don't have yeah. a great shot at a legitimate cup run. Yeah, and I mean, we shouldn't say that as if it's an immense disappointment. We're looking at a team that, you know, lost two top six forwards from a team that was like 21st in the league last year or whatever they were. I can't remember exactly. That's great that they've yeah. turned their organization around to absolutely no doubt 100% playoff team this year. Right. That's fantastic. You shouldn't be unhappy about that. You should be very happy about that. It's, you should it's, be- it's for both. It, uh, what's the word? It's, it's indicative of good things to come. Yeah. I, I think next year, when once you once you add Anton Lundell into this lineup, that's an injection that this team needs so badly. I think or our two Eichel window, yeah, well, both. Eichel, Why not both? The difference is we know we can add Lundell into our lineup next season. Next season, in my eyes, is the real beginning of the Panthers' legitimate cup window. Yeah, a few, I mean, a few things need to happen over the off season. We we went for one. We traded for one true pure ufa rental and that was brandon montour and i don't love it i love gusev i i loved the the low risk move on gusev i really don't like the brandon montour move i am okay adding sam bennett not for the price we paid i'm not thrilled with this deadline but also, I like the highlight of this deadline week for the Panthers is getting Brett Connolly off the books. I, I honestly feel more confident that Brandon that Sam Bennett is not a good player than I do that Brandon Montour is not a good player. We'll, we'll see. I mean, we've got the rest just, of the same, not the biggest to. sample. The, but. The, the data prefers Sam Bennett to Brandon Montour, TJ. I think that's pretty interesting given what I understand and have, have seen with Bennett. But then again, I don't watch the Flames every game. Here, here's Alex, how, what are your thoughts? Here's how I feel. 
I think the last couple of days haven't gone well. I I don't want to use the word Dale Talon esque deadline, but like these honestly feel Montour and um, and Bennett seem like acquisitions Dale Talon would make at the deadline, and that I don't like that. Bill Zito gets all the credit in the world for getting rid of Brett Connolly at the cost of a what's essentially a first round bust. Um, but the Panthers got to where they are today by finding value in the margins in terms of Anthony Duclair and Carter Verhage and Radko Gudis and Gustav Forsling. Those were guys that, but that, you know, it didn't work out in their previous spot, but there was data and information that told us, Hey, these people need an opportunity and they could break out Gudis, not as much, but absolutely for Verhage and Duclair. There was some data for Gudis, like we were alluding to. Right. But what I'm saying is like his previous, like there was enough, like Gudis was getting enough sample size. He just had a bad year last year with the Capitals. Right. But, you know, Verhage had underlying numbers that said, hey, he's a lot better than what he has. He just hasn't gotten an opportunity. Duclair, he had some solid underlying numbers. There's no data, whether it's underlying or counting stats that tell us Brandon Montour uh, Sam Bennett and to a lesser extent Nikita Gusev are good NHL players so the Panthers just went all in on hey I hope a change of scenery really works out and gets it there and they paid a lot to do it I mean I know yeah. again if you if you extrapolate it all and say hey the Panthers paid two seconds and a third round pick for Montour Gusev and Bennett it sounds a little better but you we all know they got Gusev for free so you gotta you just it strikes against Zito I'm not thrilled with the deadline but again, they're going to be in the playoffs. Hopefully these Montour, Bennett, and Gusev, you know, provide some value and give the Panthers a better shot of upsetting, whether it's Carolina or Tampa in the first round. But I, I would have honestly preferred no moves rather than some of the moves they made just to hold their assets for a potential run at Jack Eichel in the offseason. But yeah, I mean, me and Jake, a, go ahead. Sorry. That That's how I feel. I mean, uh, if we're going to give it a letter grade, I'd give this a, a C plus just because there's such a good grade for the first move, but the last two or the last three or just two of the last eh. three were not good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, two of the last three weren't good. Yeah. I guess that I would say because of the Connolly deal, which is, I, I should include it in the trade deadline action. And I'm apparently the only person on Panthers Twitter that wanted to defend him, but I still think it was a trade you make a hundred times out of a hundred. If Brett Connolly comes back and, you know, is great, that's good for him. In a flat cap world, you can still replace what he brought for 3.5 million easily. And that's why I thought the Sam Bennett trade was so ridiculous because you can bring in what he brings in at 2.55 million easily for, for nothing. You can, you can do it in a second. And no that's, that's sort of what they did with Gusev. You know, I, I think Gusev is not notably worse than Sam Bennett. In fact, he probably has a higher offensive ceiling, and they got him for nothing. They got Anthony Duclair for nothing. They got Carter Verhage for nothing. These are all guys that are better players than Sam Bennett and will continue to be better players for Sam Bennett. And you can do that so often in this league. Why are you paying a premium? It's like Reese Jessup said yesterday. Why are you paying a premium for stuff that you can replace for free? Yeah, right. No argument. None at all. Yeah, so I would say D plus because the Connolly move got them off to a good start. But And, you know, I, I dislike the Montour move. But ultimately, it's a third-round pick. D-men are hard to evaluate. As somebody that has tried for years, they're hard to evaluate. I still think this is a bad bet, but could work out and i mean but it just goes against everything that somebody that as as a general manager is trying to work around the pieces build a winning hockey team should know based on the way that the the league has gone in the last 10 years look at the vancouver canucks look at what a disaster they are with elias Pettersson and quinn hughes on elcs these are elite players on elcs and they're a dumpster fire because they have Depth players making millions and millions of dollars a year. And that's what they did here with Sam Bennett. They didn't even just give him millions and millions. They, they gave up, gave up two, two second-round graded assets. And I don't want to do the sunk cost fallacy here of saying Emil Heineman is worth a second because he was drafted with a second because maybe they don't think he's a second-round quality player anymore. 
that being said, it's still a, a heinous overpay. Well, according to Wyshynski, the Panthers get a B plus for the Sam Bennett deal, but the Calgary Flames got an A minus. So I guess we lost. Calgary gets an A plus for that deal. <laughs> Outstanding to get a second round dra- drafted prospect and a future second for a bottom six caliber player. Outstanding. Just to wrap this up, because I love dunking on TJ. Um, over the last three seasons, the combined goals above replacements for uh, Sam Bennett and Brandon Montour. Uh, Brandon Montour's uh, combined goals above replacement over the last three seasons is minus 12. That's, Sam that's Bennett's it. is minus 0.6. Yeah. With one bad season and two seasons, including this year, in which he is a positive goals above replacement player. Yeah. So when I say Bennett, I'm more confident in Bennett than Montour. I'm more confident in Bennett than Montour. I'm not sure which I'm more <laughs> shocked by. The fact that Bill Zito made a trade that I so heinously disagree with, or the fact that Sam Bennett was actually traded for assets and not just waived. True. Draft pedigree, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, hey, guys, there is there is some good news about this deadline. Erica Branson's back in the division. We got one game against him, guys. Two. Two. Uh, Just one game against Nashville. There's one game against Nashville left. I don't think that we... Two games left against Nashville. I checked the schedule. Oh, then two games. Excuse me. The question is, will Branson be allowed to play something, something, COVID something? Well, there's a whole... Coming down from Canada, right? Well, there's no... There's well, And this goes for Sam Bennett as well. There's no COVID waiting period to come into the U.S. The issue is going to be... Mm. Can... The visas and the Panthers are notoriously slow at getting visas. I, I remember back in the uh, the 15 deadline when um, the last time the Panthers made a trade with Calgary and it, oh, not who who did they get in the, the deadline that year? And neither of them worked in the playoff run. Are you talking about Hoodler and Purcell? Yes, Hoodler. They got Hoodler and Purcell both from Canada. Yeah. And it took like a week and a half to get their visas in while anyone else who made a deadline deal with Canada got their players within two or three days. Maybe, you know, maybe it goes faster this time, but I'm going to guess it's at least a week or so before we see Sam Bennett in a Panthers jersey. I just hope my one hope after today's trade deadline is I want to see Gudis versus Goodbranson. Let's go. Let's go. That's something to be happy about this trade deadline yeah. day. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> If you if you want to be if you want to be um, content with my mental health right now, the Panthers are still in <laughs> the Panthers are still in a great position. The fact that they threw away two second round picks doesn't really change that because if they wanted to, they could probably get a first round pick and then a, a top prospect for Verhage tomorrow. And we're we're begging that they don't do it, frankly, because we love him. We want to keep him in South Florida forever. We, ha- we want him to be the fourth host of the Panther Puri podcast when he retires. <laughs> Carter, if you would consider this, my DMs are open. You're too funny. All right. Well, is there anything else or I think should we wrap it? Oh, Vigit. Guys, the Vigit app. I got it right for once. PTP Hockey is the code word. Gets you 2,500 coins. Come bet on sports with us. It's free. It's free wagering. It's fun. TJ's got prizes, hoodies, jerseys, hats, all that good stuff. PTP hockey is the code code word you use when signing up. 2,500 coins. It's fun. Costs you nothing, and it's a way to win stuff. Um, thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you again for to George Richards from Florida Hockey Now for joining us. Thank you to uh, you guys who are, for listening. Uh, please rate, subscribe, and review all that stuff on Spotify, Apple, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. And then unsubscribe, resubscribe, rate, and review again. Just do it twice because it really helps us out. Um, <laughs> that's about it. Any, any any final words, or we just want we want you want to do our cascading goodbye for the first time in like a year? Oh my I, god, I forgot we ever did that. <laughs> I do. I do kind of want to cryptically allude to stuff in the pipeline. What do I mean by this? What do you mean by this? We've yes, got a, we've got a we've got a couple of things. Is a uh, another another media platform that we're going to be appearing on. And then uh, keep your eyes out for possibly a new, a new, uh, new PTP hockey.com. Ooh. Coming Mm. soon. Cascading goodbye.
Goodbye. Nope. Just leaving me by myself. I was waiting for Jake to come in. I'll do the I'll do the Yeah, the we should really have an order for this when we do it. Goodbye. 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 <laughs> and we're out. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.